Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Cloud Architects Podcast. A podcast about cloud and the people using it. We are live from Microsoft Tech Summit 2018 in Cape Town. We've got some great interviews planned for you. Hope you enjoy. These episodes are brought to you by Kemp Technologies. Have a look at Kemp Technologies' great new product called Kemp Vision, where it provides insights into pretty much everything you own. It's a great product, and I recommend you have a look at it. Another sponsor of this podcast is Plantronics. Plantronics is my headset of choice, especially when I travel. The model that I use is the UC8200. It's a new product. It gives about 24, 25 hours of battery life, no problem. The noise cancellation is incredible. Pretty much drowns out the entire plane, so you can get a good night's rest. It also has no mic boom, considering there's technically no microphones in it. So have a look at the UC8200 from Plantronics. It's an amazing piece of tech. And so now on with the show. We're at uh, Tech Summit 2018 in Cape Town, and I'm sitting here with... Bern Fest. Uh, I'm a developer advocate at Microsoft, um, which is really a unique role about providing a great developer experience um, to engineers, developers, of course, like making really our products a joy to work with. So not focused on business. How long have you whatsoever. been working with Microsoft and where did you work before? Oh, I've been at Microsoft for just about a little under a year. Um, and I worked on a bunch of different uh, cloud platforms before. So for instance, I uh, worked on the Google Cloud team um, and I also worked um, in the US federal government, building a cloud for the government, which under the hood was using uh, Amazon AWS, uh, and a ton of open source tools. Surprisingly, the US government uses Kubernetes and uh, Cloud Foundry uh, to run a platform as a service, essentially, mm. within the government, which is pretty interesting. And then Microsoft has gone and adopted a bunch of those things and made them available in Azure. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's awesome. I think, um, you know, Microsoft, I find today, really cares a lot about developers and um, is doing a lot of stuff to really meet developers where they where they are. So embracing open source and, and what I focus on in particular, is like Linux and containers and the container ecosystem, Kubernetes and those kinds of things. So um, Microsoft has been embracing that, in fact, going doubling down on all that stuff. So there's so many efforts now where we... Um, really make that ecosystem better make uh, contribute to these open source projects so it's better for everybody so it's not this this proprietary world of, of crazy lock-in and such we're really this this doing this giant team play but then at the same time still trying to be the best place to run this this open source software as well yeah and what's your, what's your favorite product that microsoft's working on right now or i suppose what you can actually talk about I mean, oh yeah, that's what it. can you talk about? <laughs> what are you passionate about at Microsoft? What really pushes those buttons? Totally. Um, well, in general, the kind of tech I always really like. I mean, I don't know much about machine learning, but we have a lot of really cool machine learning services. But I just simply like can't possibly evaluate them. Even like you know, I'm like everybody else. It's like AI, ML, buzzwords, but <laughs> it's cool exactly. stuff. But yeah. but you know, from what I understand, uh, the services I understand. 
I really like how much we're investing in Kubernetes and um, the things we're doing there. So I really care about web applications a lot. That's sort of the thing I've always done and and sort of backend APIs, that kind of stuff. Uh, don't make me do front-end dev. I will probably spend five hours with one pixel kind of value, you know, like I'm way too OCD for that. Yeah, no, yep. same. Exactly yeah, the same. exactly. It's horrible. It's a disease. <laughs> and uh, so, so when it comes to web apps or APIs or whatever, right, I think it's really cool how um, that the tooling that's coming out uh, in open source projects around making Kubernetes a better place to run these kinds of apps or making it easier to deploy on Kubernetes. May it be still overkill today to deploy these kinds of apps in Kubernetes? Probably so. But um, the amount of things you can do there and how open it is and extensible it is, it's crazy. And like I'm always amazed and surprised what kind of efforts we're leading there to really bring cool tech to the whole ecosystem to everybody right for instance i think i mentioned that in my talk this morning yeah about your talk was great and that's what leads me to my next question yeah. is things like helm and draft and you did a demo on that which i haven't seen before and tell us sort of what microsoft's doing in that space i mean you said microsoft acquired a company and yep yeah so <coughs> there's a company called deus uh they focus on sort of professional services around Kubernetes and also a lot of open source um, efforts with regards to the Kubernetes community. And um, they started the project Helm, which is essentially a package manager for applications running in Kubernetes. So instead of having to manage all your individual microservices that make up your application, you can now describe your application as sort of a whole entity and then it manages everything like upgrades and, and, and downgrades, rollbacks, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and that has become since then the de facto package manager for Kubernetes. They're still purists who prefer using the, the standard um, plethora of YAML files you need to know uh, to deploy to Kubernetes and using the sort of standard uh, CLI and API oh, and such. I used just in my demo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and like you know, that often makes yeah. sense. And like for for really tweaking some stuff, maybe that's what you want to go back to. Sure. But Kubernetes at the moment, I think we're still at a stage where you, c I mean, not just you don't have to be just a full stack engineer. You ha also have to be a DevOps expert sure. yeah. to to use this. And yes. and how do you increase the um, well, how do you make it easier for developers to actually deploy to Kubernetes? And it's yes. probably automation with like continuous integration and deployment pipelines and such. And then, um, yeah. Which a lot of your team, uh, your team actually do at Microsoft and they put a lot of effort into that as well. So, yeah, you know, uh, using Visual Studio team services and all that. What's your favorite language and why? Uh, my favorite language, uh, I always go to Python. Yeah. And you know, it's it's. Are you a developer at heart? I mean, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, although like I'm definitely not your enterprise architect kind of person or developer. I mean, I'm more like the early adopter of crazy things and tinkerer yes. and those kinds of things. You know, like let's say I had a I I don't know if you're familiar with Sonos, this Wi-Fi connected yes, speaker very system, very right? So. I'm so almost going to go buy an Apple HomePod. I mean, HomePod. You know, in some of these hacker spaces, they, they have this thing where they used to have this, when somebody enters, it would play their like entrance music or something like that. And I thought, could I do that with my Sonos, for instance, right? Yes. And so let's say when my phone connects to my home Wi-Fi network, could it then tell Sonos to play like my entrance song, right? But yeah. to do that, there isn't really a great API to, to do that. It, you have to talk low-level 
um, you'd have to make these like TCP, um, well actually UDP, unicast requests, network requests, and send certain packets and stuff. So I essentially had to write a little uh, library myself, having to understand what is this, um, I think it's called SSDP, um, Simple Service Discovery Protocol, and something else. Like I didn't really know much about that, but you know, then you hack that stuff together, make yeah, it work, sure. and it's, it's so fun stuff, So right? is that what you use in your house? Sonos? Yeah, yeah, okay. I have Sonos, yeah. And when it comes to a device, What's your favorite? So, for instance, I mean, people really don't like Siri, but when it comes to Amazon Echo or it's Alexa, funny you say that. Which one? <laughs> what's the one you choose? Is this where I'm supposed to say Cortana, which which I'm not going <laughs> to no, say? No, but you but you know, honestly, um, not only because I literally haven't, uh, I've never actually never tried it surprisingly, but. Um, I I actually just last week decided to buy an Echo Dot, and where I live in in Seattle now, I moved to um, there a couple uh, months ago. Everybody in my neighborhood seems to work at Amazon, and so oh, wow. I've met so many people working on Alexa, and I just know that the integration ecosystem is so good it is. that it's that you know it's just convenient. But I I hook up. I'm working on some some uh, uh, Alexa app as well that talks to. In Azure, with this thing called Lewis, which is cool, yeah. language understanding information service or something like that. Okay. Uh, and and um, it's really cool for like chatbots and that kind of stuff. So uh, that way, you know, you can build an Alexa app that can understand different way of phrasing stuff and still do the right thing, yes. uh, invoke the right code or whatnot. Sure. So it's cool. Yeah, I, w I actually had an idea not so long ago to make Alexa do stuff for me inside of Azure. So if I wanted to deploy a virtual machine or deploy a VNet or something like that. And I was looking at how to create the skill, and then it sort of just stopped there. And then I stumbled upon a thing called Homebridge, which is an open source implementation of HomeKit. Oh uh, yeah. For for Apple. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, let's let's try this. And so what I did <laughs> was I implemented it on a Raspberry Pi with the Azure CLI because it runs on ARM. And so what I did was I created a bunch of on-off switches, which would just dump a flag file. And essentially, I would go, Hey Siri, would you please turn my Azure server on? And she did. Oh, nice. And I'd just be able to watch it in the command line, and that was just like a simple hack. Yeah, that's cool. But I think if we had to go a little bit further, I mean, that'd be pretty rad, you know? Yeah. I mean, just uh, configure a Kubernetes cluster for me, and maybe. <laughs> and, and, it. and it's funny you mention that because at, at KubeCon, the Kubernetes conference in Austin in November, I was there, and Kelsey Hightower from Google, uh, who is my role at Google, although I have zero experience compared to him, um, he's, he's, yeah. He's Phenomenal, <laughs> and um, um, he, uh, in fact, at this first demo, he he somehow I don't know what he used, but something on Android. He he had some app where uh, he would tell his phone to um, create a cluster and deploy some that's stuff awesome. and whatnot. That's and it did it. It's fun. Yeah, it did. That's it. cool. Yeah, it worked actually. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, it's gotten to yeah. the point where you can because, like, I mean, in Azure specifically, I mean, you were talking about his his blog post about how to do Kubernetes the hard way. Yeah, and. Microsoft have gone and done all of that for us and they maintain it. And that's another thing that we can touch on. The fact that AKS or A Azure Container Services, yep. which is not a typo, um, that you don't actually manage the master node. Yeah. They keep the master node away from you. Yeah. And why is that awesome? I mean, and by the way, to be fair, I should also mention that like uh, Google also has a managed Kubernetes service yes, in, in, in sure. GKE, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's great because gets us so much closer to yet again like focusing on the actual application development um, yeah. and not having like having a little less DevOps to do right yes. um, and 
Um, I mean, the nice thing is, even though Kubernetes, we're talking about containers and such, but there is still the host operating system always. Mm -hmm. And do you really want to manage um, the security updates and all that kind of stuff? That's kind of yeah, painful to do. So um, it's just really nice that that's done there's for also you. There's a lot right? of thought so into it. I mean, yeah. like when I first deployed my first Kubernetes cluster, and then I decided to deploy a bunch of services and the pods started opening up, the way Microsoft took the IP address, the public IP address, and automatically added it to the existing load balancer. So that sort of thought that they've put into that, so I don't have to pay for an additional load balancer, and so they just added the public IP address for me. I mean, the stuff that the guys are thinking about yeah. there is also really, really great. Yeah, so it, I, I probably just, uh, this is where I do a, a hat tip to um, uh, um, probably Brandon Burns and his yeah. whole team. Like, I mean, he's one of the co-founders of Kubernetes and is uh, leading the whole engineering team on the container offering at uh, Microsoft. Wow, that's pretty rad. Do I get to meet him? <laughs> Yeah, if you come, if you come, I mean, yeah, I'll be there. come I'll to be there Seattle. Next month. Yeah, yeah um, I'll be there next month. I think yeah. it's going to be fun. And what is so you moved to Seattle? Yep. You enjoying it? You know, it's <laughs> quite great. Whatever they say about the weather, it's true. It's <laughs> gray and rainy, and <laughs> coming from San Francisco, it's yeah. quite the, quite different. But you know, it is more affordable. And compared to home, compared to Germany? Oh, in my hometown in Germany is the exact same miserable weather it's like it's really the oh same really? weather <laughs> so in th in that case i guess it's comforting in a strange um, sadistic way you know yeah. like yeah and how have you been doing in south africa it's fantastic i mean i was just mentioning to my team like i, I was saying yeah add cape town to the list of places i never want to leave yeah, you know yeah, um yeah. it's beautiful uh, the weather is great um i think the people are very nice uh the atmosphere it just feels it, it feels like a good vacation place too but yeah. it's not not doesn't come with all the annoying tourists yeah, and, and sure. that kind of stuff it sure. just feels just very and yeah. what do you think of the tech community here i mean a lot of people especially in this country they 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 think that we're quite far behind they think that we're sort of sitting so far back because of our bandwidth issues and whatever case be. but the fact is microsoft are bringing data centers here so clearly they see value there when it comes to the questions that you've been fielding here at the booth, what is your sort of view on us as a technical community? I actually sadly know very little. Um, mm. And uh, I've had a chance to interact with a bunch of uh, companies from South Africa here. And um, from what I could tell there, I don't see any difference between what they're doing and what anyone else is that's doing, let's say, in the US, which is, yeah, yeah it is good. Great. Um, I did observe like the the internet connectivity differences. Let's say yes. here in the Cape Town Convention Center, sure. yeah, even for this kind of place, the connection isn't so fantastic. No, right? sure. um, but yeah, as far as um, Azure expanding here, I think it makes sense. Like this yeah. market can grow a lot, and and just uh, you know other adjacent uh, African nations, and there's a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean. Everything is moving to the cloud and, and mobile and such, yes. and, and even the mobile apps have to be backed by some, some cloud-based uh, um, uh, backends. So it makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to ask you the question that, like, that <laughs> I think maybe you never did want me to ask. Was Okay, so because you, you're all for the developer, okay? And when it comes to choosing a cloud, yeah. all right, I, I'm always of the thing that each cloud vendor has its thing. Yeah, right, so totally. AWS totally. has its thing. Azure yep. has its thing. Agreed. For you as a developer and somebody that cares about developers so much, where do you normally lean? Yeah, it very much depends on what I'm trying to do. Um, 
I'd say what is really interesting is so, and and I have a bias in the kinds of applications I want to run or develop, right? So, for instance, I have always, as far as like a platform as a service offering, which is what I've always done, these web apps and whatever, sure. and and in bias because I used to work on the Google App Engine team actually, yeah. so that is actually something I would lean towards um, when it comes to your just basic infrastructure of VMs and that kind of stuff. I often lean to AWS because that's I, that I was familiar with from different startups where, where sure. I worked and such. Yeah. Um, but now what's interesting is there are a lot a lot of these sorts of machine learning and AI, AI services. It's quite surprising. I have a I feel like Azure is making that actually most accessible these days. I mean, sure. yes, Google has launched all kinds of interesting things, but it still seems quite difficult to get started there from what I can observe. So. Um, Azure has a ton of services and there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Like for chatbots and stuff, they have some really cool stuff to get started. Um, and as far as Kubernetes is concerned, uh, I honestly think that Azure is like the best place to run Kubernetes right now and, and all the tooling there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the same. And finally, side projects, things that you do, blogs, anything you want to plug, anybody. <laughs> Um, Anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Social def media? Definitely can find me on Twitter under my name, uh, uh, at Bernd Verst, which B E R N D V E R S T. Because nobody can. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. nobody can uh, understand otherwise. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a really cool team of um, uh, other developer advocates that are passionate about different developer communities and. and um, you can find that at developer.microsoft.com slash advocates and, and some really cool people. You can follow us all on Twitter. I guarantee you it won't be Microsoft marketing speech. You know, that's the best it, part. Yeah, yeah, that's the cool part. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Yep. That was great. Right, thanks. Brilliant. Thanks, dude. Really appreciate it. Cool.